Okay. I need to do a disclaimer. <clears throat> Most of what I'm going to say today is uh, coming from a little book that Ray Stedman wrote, um, How to Live What You Believe, Studies in Hebrews. So I can't take credit for anything. Like I've said before, I haven't had an original thought, but I use every, every, everything I can get from somebody else. <clears throat> so let's begin. Um, hold your finger in he Hebrews, but where, guess where we're going to start? How about Genesis? Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, and then we're going to back up a little bit from last week, and then we're going to get in into this. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let him rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you and every beast of the earth and every bird of the sky and everything that moves on the earth which God, which has life. I have given every green plant for food and it was so. And God saw it was good what he had made and behold it was very good in the evening and the morning the sixth day just a minute we want to look at verse 26 really quickly make us let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea the birds of the sky, the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps. Now let's go to Psalms, chapter 8. We've gone through all this, but we're going to do it again. Psalms, chapter 8. I'm sure David, walking around on the, the top of the palace, and he looked up into the skies and he wrote this O Lord our Lord how majestic is your name in all the earth who have displayed your splendor above the heavens from the mouths of infants and nursing babes you have established strength because of your adversaries to make the, the enemy and the, revenge and the revengeful cease when I consider the heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God, and you crown him with glory and majesty, and you make him to rule over the works of your hands. 
you have put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen and all the beasts of the fields and the birds of the heaven and the fish of the sea whatever passes through the paths of the sea O Lord our Lord how majestic is your name in all the earth I'm afraid that in our busyness it's hard for us sometimes to just stop and be still and look in the heavens and look at what God has created we take it so for granted take it so for granted for what he has allowed us to have and and it's it's a shame on us you know that we don't we don't stop and look and listen and yet as the writer of Hebrews says going back to Hebrews chapter 2 now he quoted Psalms 8 in verse 6 7 and 8 and he said he's put all things in subjection under his feet now the latter part of verse 8 for in subjecting all things to him he left nothing that is not subject to him in Genesis God says you'll have dominion man you'll have dominion so our authority mankind's authority at that point came from who God God said I'm going to put you over all these things somebody has to yield authority in everywhere that authority is given you know it's granted by the governor the president the mayor the somebody you know the sheriff in this case mankind was given limited authority he was given authority as long as long as he and the Lord were in lockstep but what happened a couple of chapters later in Genesis? Man fell. Sin entered into the world. Man can still eat of the fruit of, his, of the garden. But he says you're going to have to fight the briars and the thorns and the thistles. And all this kind of stuff for, you, for your existence. He gave him that authority now what did we just read the latter part of verse 8 for in subjecting all things to him he left nothing that is not subject to him but now we do not yet see all things subject to him we're limited because of sin. We don't have the authority that he gave Adam in the, in the Garden of Eden. And yet, we do have some, some dominion over the creatures that he mentioned. But look at verse 9 here. But 
we see him, capital H in my Bible, who was made a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus. Namely Jesus. Stedman says that there's four reasons that God sent Jesus as a man. And the first one he says, because uh, of man's uh, to recapture his lost destiny. We were destined to be over the dominion of everything, but we're not now. But verse 8 tells us, not yet do we see all things subject to him, but Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that the grace of God might taste death for every one. Stedman says, if we go back to recorded history, to the earliest writings of men, the most ancient history, we find that men were wrestling with the same moral problems that we are wrestling with today. We've made wonderful advances in technology, but we've made absolute zero progress when it comes to moral relationships. Somewhere, man has lost his relationship with God. The fall of man is the only adequate explanation for this, and since the universe is stamped with futility, everything that man does is a dead-end street, and it is utterly unable to carry things through a successful conclusion because of sin. Because of sin, we've fallen. But, as we just read, but we see Jesus. We see Jesus. And he came that we might have this new life that we know about in him. He goes on to say, Stedman goes on to say, suppose that Jesus had come full grown into the world a week before he died. Suppose that he had been born, he had never been born as a baby and had never grown up to adult life, but he stepped into the earth full grown. Suppose he had uttered in one week's time the Sermon on the Mount, the Olivet Discourse, the Upper Room Discourse, and all the teachings that we have from his lips recorded in Scripture. Imagine that he came on Monday and on Friday he, they took him out and crucified him, hanged him all on a cross and he died. Just as it was recorded in Scripture, bearing the sins of the world, he still would have been a perfect Savior. Certainly he would have been perfect as far as bearing our guilt is concerned and only required us, it only required a sinless Savior. But he would not have been perfect as far as bearing our infirmities. For our weakness is concerned, 
he would have never been able to fit us for heaven someday but he would have excuse me been able to fit us for heaven someday but he never would have been able to fit us for earth right now in such case we could have always said as we often do how can God expect me to live a perfect life after all I'm just human Christ has never been where I am but he does know our pressures he does know what we're up against and he was made perfect through his suffering and he knows look at verse 10 for it was fitting for him for whom all things and through all things bringing many sons to glory to the to the per, to perfect the author of salvation through suffering for both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are from the father for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brother I'm afraid we're living way below our privilege we have access to everything everything that Jesus went through all his sufferings all his all his his turmoil and he knows where we are he knows what we're up against um, the moment Jesus felt greer, fear gripping his heart he immediately leaned back on the full flowing life of the indwelling father and that fear met with faith the moment he, uh, he felt uncertain, did not know which way to turn, he rested back on the indwelling wisdom of God and immediately given a word that was the right word for the situation because he fully entered into our fears and pressures. He is fully one with us. thinking about that I thought about us as earthly parents when our toddlers were out you know stump a toe a bee sting any childhood thing that you can think of they ran to us and what did you do as a good daddy and a good mother? You wrapped them in their arms. You kissed their bobo. You told them it was going to be better. Why can't we do that to the Lord? Why can't we fall back in our Father's arms? Why can't we say, 
I need help rather than trying to struggle and do it on our own. The first point that Stedman made, he was to recapture our lost destiny. And then he says he needs to recapture our lost unity. We need to be one with Christ. One with Christ. As the illustration is, just fall back in the arms. When Jesus was doing anything, he stole away and prayed. He stole away and prayed. Let's continue on. Verse 14. Since children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise all partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives death death is the thing that we fear Paul told us in Corinthians that Jesus had taken away the sting of that we've all witnessed this in Funerals that we've been to where somebody knew the Lord there might be some tears of loss and sorrow because that person will be missed but there's a rejoicing time that whatever their last illness was or whatever they had battled in this life in this physical body was going to be okay because they had a home in heaven where Christ was and it was all going to be well we've also been to those same funerals where the preacher was very difficult in preaching a service because they didn't know if that man was lost or if he wasn't lost <coughs> And more times than not, you could see the fear in the family. And more times than not, there was, there was emotions there that were anything but, but tears of joy. Death is, the devil doesn't have the final say the devil's still around the devil is here to trip us up the devil will trip us up but when it comes to death the devil is impotent he can't do anything about it because God said he's mine he's mine and I've prepared a place for him he's mine so in this particular case you know he's re 
released us from our present bondage is what Stedman says that the devil because we share in his flesh and blood and and we have we have the power that Jesus has scripture says death might render powerless him who has power over death and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives fear now the devil uses a lot of things boredom anxiety depression a lot of things you know that almost like death but we need to fall back into the Lord's arms again and 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 just seeking and I, that may be too simplistic but there's truth in it there's truth in it what we have verse 16 and we might free those who through fear of death, excuse me, verse 16, for assuredly he does not give help to the angels, but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. To make a propitiation for sin of the people. That big word is an atoning sacrifice. Verse 18. For since he himself was tempted in that which he also suffered, he is able to come to the aid to those who were tempted. From the foundation of the earth, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit knew that man would fall. And he knew that he wanted to have a relationship with his highest creation. So he started in motion from the very beginning of the earth a plan of redemption. That's what this Bible teaches from this end to this end. Redemption for mankind. And he instituted in the Old Testament, and we'll get into it more and more as we get into Hebrews, the sacrifices and the laws. He said, you know, on the Day of Atonement, he says, you, the priest, once a year, not without blood, would go into the Holy of Holies and offer sacrifice, uh, blood offering for his sins and the sins of the people. And then the scapegoat came into play and, and all that was a picture of what was going to happen over time. And yet, that was the old covenant. The Old Testament we're in the New Testament. 
And if the Old Testament, as Hebrews is going to tell us repeatedly, if the Old Testament was good, why was there a New Testament? And in the fullness of time, God sent his son, not as a grown man, but as a baby. As a baby. And he lived, and he loved, and he preached, and he showed us how to live. And he went to an old rugged cross, and once for all, he died for you and I. Jesus did that. And that's why he came as a baby. That's why he came as a man. I don't understand the incarnation. I believe what the scripture tells us, that Mary had a child conceived of the Holy Spirit, and he grew up to be a sinless man. And because he was sinless, he could take my shed blood, he could take his shed blood for me on the cross of Christ. And one time it was finished. It was finished. So just looking back, what we've seen today, we were created, God created the human race to take care of everything. And he gave him the authority to do it. But man fell. And he says, you're going to have to suffer the consequences of the fall. And in the back of, well, what in the back of God's mind, but he says, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. And he created the sacrificial system which was all through the Old Testament. And he comes back, we come back again to the little phrase that we've talked about and talked about and talked about. Trust and obey. As the hymn writer says, there's no other way but to trust and obey. If if we trust the Lord for his finished work on Calvary's cross, and I do, why can't we trust him with Monday morning? If we trust him for salvation and all that that takes, why can't we trust him with our health, our finances, everything in life? Just trust and obey. Now, you can't go through life nilly-willy and expect the Lord's blessings like that. But if you trust him and obey him, and that was the theme all through the Old Testament. Obey, 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 obey. And when they did, God blessed them. When they didn't, they had God's wrath. That hadn't changed. If we only trust and obey. Remember falling back in your father's arms. Remember you as a parent taking your child when they're hurt 
and wrapping them up in your arms and loving on them and say it's going to be okay the Lord wants to do that to you today to you today and that's why he came as a man for salvation to be complete he didn't do it to angels but he did it to Jesus who is above everything as we continue to see in the book of Hebrews any comments any questions well I did a fantastic job <laughs> okay let's pray Cliff would you pray for me Cliff would you pray for me he, he's not hearing me okay Father Lord we thank you for everything we thank you for this time we thank you for all your blessings Father help us just to trust you fall in your arms and be so very obedient to where you want us to go and what you want us to do and we thank you be with every song that's sung every prayer that's prayed every word that's preached in the further services and when we leave here today we can simply say it's been good to be in God's house because it's in the name above all names that we ask it the name of Jesus amen, amen.